buy now, pay later uh, as a concept is not new to the world. Installment payments have been around probably since after, you know, since the Great Depression uh, in different ways. Credit cards are a form of buy now, pay later. But when we're talking about buy now, pay later in the digital consumer space today, this is often what so companies like Affair, Klarna, Afterpay, um, Apple just issued a statement last week as part of the iOS 16 release where they announced that they're releasing um, Apple Pay Later, which is also their pay-in-for solution, right, that consumers will be able to access from just your digital wallet, which is a huge market. You just go to checkout, choose pay-in-for. Welcome to 20-Minute Leaders. Just sit back, relax, and learn from the leaders of today. It's a journey. Each one is different, unique, inspiring. Let's get started. This episode is powered by JVentures, a community-driven VC fund in Silicon Valley, in partnership with Leumitech, sponsored by Homeward Ventures, Hippo Insurance, Upwest Labs, Synergy Global, Hillel at Stanford, Leap, Birthright Excel, Serona Partners, and in media partnership with C-Tech. Hello and welcome to 20-Minute Leaders. Today, I am with Penny Lin, product lead at Funbox, a fintech company providing an embedded working capital platform for small businesses in the U.S. market. She currently leads two of the company's core product domains, the customer experience and journey of Funbox credit products, as well as Funbox innovative payments products, focusing on B2B buy now, pay later solutions. Honey's passionate about building new products and exploring innovations that drive more engagement, delight customers, and establish product market fit. Honey lives in Tel Aviv with her partner, daughter, and furry daughter. When she's not busy solving customer needs, she enjoys CrossFit, surfing, hiking, and traveling. Hani Ling, welcome to 20 Minute Leaders. Thank you so much for joining me today. How are you? Good. I'm good. Absolutely. Uh, thank you for having me, by the way. Thank you very much for joining me. Uh, really from the, from the best place in Tel Aviv, uh, where you're at. Uh, but, but more yes. importantly, um, the Funbox offices. Uh, we're talking about payments and we're talking about business payments and, and the business world, uh, but payments in general have seen dramatic shifts in recent years and the consumer behavior behind payments and the solutions offered uh, for payments, understanding that it's not a zero, it's not, it's not a dichotomy of whether I can pay or, or can't pay, but there's actually a range of different options at my disposal. And so I'm looking forward to uncovering some of those options with you and, and how you're uh, pushing this forward at Funbox and creating solutions for flexibility. And so, Hani, thank you very much for being here. Absolutely. Um, so how should we get started? Where do you want to... There's so much well, you just mentioned, so many things. So let's, we... let's start, you know, maybe understanding a little bit about what's been happening, you know, very recently in, in terms of the shift in, in mindset behind payments. You know, why, why is this even something that we're talking about? Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. I, I think maybe let's start with um, payments from the consumer space, because I think that's, you know, the more prominent um, aspect and probably the world that, that most people um, know better these days, right? So um, let's talk about digital payments or even more specifically um, a hype around buy now, pay later in the payments world in the consumer space. Um, mm -hmm. And, and, and just to, you know, level the, the playing field, what I mean by buy now, pay later, let me give an example of, of what that is in the consumer market. So um, I like to buy 
uh, really overpriced workout apparel, right? And there is absolutely zero reason for me to be spending the amount, the amount of money that I do on it. But, you know, being a good consumer as I am, I do it. So I go on my favorite um, online store for the workout apparel. And I, you know, pick this overpriced top. And I see this, you know, before I check out, it says, well, I can either pay $60 for this now, or I can pay just 15 today and pay over four payments using X or Y company. And these X or Y companies are part of this huge growth movement, huge um, growth opportunities that have uh, happened in the consumer space over the past years that have been given this name, buy now, pay later, right? Buy now, pay later uh, as a concept is not new to the world. Installment payments have been around probably since after, you know, since the Great Depression uh, in different ways. Credit cards are a form of buy now, pay later. But when we're talking about buy now, pay later in the digital consumer space today, this is often what So companies like Affair, Florna, Afterpay, um, Apple just issued a statement last week as part of the iOS 16 release where they announced that they're releasing um, Apple Pay Later, which is also their pay-in-for solution, right, that consumers will be able to access from just your digital wallet, which is a huge market. You just go to checkout, choose pay-in-for. Um, so we're talking about that market. That's what we're talking about, this, this huge opportunity um, around the consumer digital payment space. Um, so this is essentially just kind of like marriage between tech and finance, right? Mm -hmm. um, I think the experience happens in, in two key ways, right? Either, um, you know, like I just described, you kind of go to checkout or just before you check out, you have this option, right, to choose paying for and you go through this quick application and you get approved or, or not, right? And then you could just pay over time. Um, and then the other way to do it is, you know, these companies have grown so much firm, Klarna, that, you know, they have their own dedicated app. So consumers just go on the app and they just issue this virtual card where they could use for whichever merchant they want, right? And just pay with installments over time. So it happens, you know, in these two key ways and heck, it can happen online and it can be a physical, you know, point of sale, physical store as well. So the market itself is huge. And the benefits to both sides of the transactions are, are really obvious, right? So to the um, consumer, you have this uh, super sleek experience that's very relevant for Gen Z and millennials. It's easy to understand and it's usually free, right? That's part. And for merchants, I mean, merchants on average see an increase um, in car conversion of about 20 to 30%. And they usually see an average order value of increase of about 40%. Mm. So this is kind of a no-brainer, kind of redefining how yeah. payments are done today, right? And so if we're looking at, you know, this uh, buy now, pay later as a, as, a, as a shift in, you know, in mindset, which which obviously complicates a lot of things because now it's not a as easy as saying, okay, what do I have in my credit line or or in my, or, or currently in my debit card? And, and I'm able to make this purchase. Now there's all, all these different models is there sort of this, you know, one main business model that that sort of the industry has converged on? Is it, you know, the same kind of idea that, you know, we're sort of underwriting and financing? Is it with a credit line and then the consumer pays or are there different things that different companies may be doing in this space? 
So I think it, it, two parts of that. One is um, most companies are, are, are kind of doing the same thing. I think they differ in the sense that some provide for longer plans, right? So it, the custom plan that you usually get is um, paying for over six weeks, and that is interest-free. So zero cost to you. The merchant is actually the one that's kind of paying for it in a sense, in, yep. in terms of revenue share, right? Some companies, I think a firm especially, would give you like a longer duration. Yep. A lot of the times, you know, they underrate you. They think you may be a little bit more high risk or you want, you know, you want monthly plans and then you start paying fees for those, right? So the, there are different kind of um, repayment plans and there's a different underwriting structure and a different fee associated based on that. That's one part. Second part is I think we're kind of entering this interesting time, right, in the economy where, um, you know, it, it, it could go in various ways. And I think we've already seen this start impacting a lot of these companies as well. Um, and it wouldn't surprise me if we would see many of these companies kind of taking a step back, looking at how they assess risk and underwrite consumers and possibly become a lot more strict mm. in the sense that this, this underwriting's become a little bit more sophisticated. I think it, it's, it's fairly, I don't want to say easy, but the average transaction that you underwrite in a consumer space is usually around $200, right? Some companies, it's more towards 400 for some hundred. And, 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 and that is, you know, very, we'll probably get to the business space in a bit, but they usually, you know, they, they look at, um, a soft credit pool, right? And usually that's some transactional history that you have before, and maybe some kind of other factors, maybe some, a little bit more of a third party data sources to, to understand who you are. They do a basic kind of check to see that you are who you say you are. And that's how they underwrite, right? Um, and, and some companies probably need more rigor into how they assess that risk. Mm -hmm. So transitioning to Funbox. First as a, as a company and then FlexPay, which is sort of your, uh, your baby child within this company. And tell me a little bit about Funbox. So yeah, Funbox um, is, is an embedded uh, working capital platform for small businesses currently serving the US market. Uh, what I mean by embedded um, is that we, we try and be as embedded as possible within our customers' um, systems and, and daily operational workflows. And the goal is basically to provide products that offer on-demand access to capital and digital payment solution that could um, really, really drive growth uh, for the business. Mm -hmm. And I think maybe, you know, so, so I could give you like the, the product business spiel, um, but maybe instead, <laughs> I can do that. Uh, but maybe instead of that, I could give you just a, a little bit of illustrative example of um, what it means to be a small business in the U.S. economy. That would be great. Right? Um, so I, I actually went to school in the States, went to grad school in the States. And um, this was uh, 2009. So slightly after, you know, the 2008, um, you know, crisis. And not a, not, a, not a great time to be a small business, right? A lot of people were struggling. Um, so during grad school, I, I worked for a small business. Uh, it was really small, about 15 to 20 employees. And they're doing market feasibility analysis um, for big 
development projects. So mainly commercial, military, that kind of stuff, right? And they're actually doing pretty well. Because I was a small business, I kind of had good visibility into the operations. I, would do, I was doing some, some analysis and some project management for them. And what I noticed pretty fast, it never dawned on me before when they thought about businesses or small businesses, is that, you know, they're doing kind of well. Um, they would have these, you know, 50, 60, $70,000 contracts coming in, um, which is awesome. But like they had to hire people to do them, right? And they had to pay for, you know, goods and services. And it'll actually take them about 60 to 90 days to get paid or even longer. So it created this paradox where the better they were doing, right? The better they were doing, the more stressed they were for, for operational cash flow, right? And, and that example is super common for about two thirds of small businesses wow. in, in, in the US today. So actually the majority of small businesses, um, you know, that fail to launch don't fail because the business model isn't good, right? Or it isn't value prop. They just have this operational cash flow issue that they're unable to, to bridge it. And that's where Fondbox comes in, right? Fondbox comes into the picture and said, look, we know it takes, you know, the average small business about 40 days to get paid. Uh, we know there's this paradox. We know that you're trying to grow. So you incur all these expenses up front, but then you get paid later. It's almost unfair, right? You have to pay payroll, you have to buy inventory. Um, and, and that's why we're trying to create this digital shift, right? Our digital payment solutions are here to help manage the cash flow in the way that is, is most suitable for, for your business, for your needs. Interesting. And so walk me through sort of the, as a, from a product manager's world, right? I mean, you're going out and you have this, you have this thesis and you have this idea for, for how this product is relevant for the market. And, but, but then you have to actually execute on it and, and, and iterate on it. So as a product manager now, how, how do you even, how do you even begin with this? Does it start with, you know, do you automatically know how to create the MVP? Is there a pre-process that you do before that? Walk me through that a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. And, and maybe I'll, I'll, I'll use, I'll use FlexPay, which is our first buy now, pay later solution as an example. Um, so uh, the short answer is no, but we didn't, you know, wake up and know, or this is what we want to do. This is what we should build. And it was far from it. Um, for Fombox, we really try to be, um, customer centric, right? If, if not customer obsessed. So we actually have a great team of Fombox that's dedicated almost completely to understanding the voice of the customer, you know, doing um, interviews and uh, qualitative or quantitative surveys and, and having this feedback loop of voice of the customer for the product team um, and the UX teams Fombox. So Flexbay actually started from very extensive research around payments needs for our current customers. And the, the first thing you kind of noticed is that there was this repetitive pattern where customer used us um, for payroll, right? They, have, they had to bridge this payroll gap sure. and, and they used us for that. They would just use those funds for that. And, and it made sense, right? We said, well, payroll as, as a business owner, that's probably your most ex important expense, right? I mean, you want to keep your, uh, your employees happy. If, if you don't pay them, that's a bad day for everyone, right? And so uh, our thought process was, okay, we can create an automation, like we can embed ourselves, right, into this payroll scenario. 
and creates the ability for the customer to use Fundbox to fund their payroll. So they have the peace of mind that their payroll will always get funded by us. And then they can choose how and when to repay us back based on their needs as a business, right? And so we went out on this very lean POC, which we built in a couple of months, actually. It was super quick. And we just rolled it out. So let's see, you know, if there's a product market fit and just want to understand what people think about it, and then we'll decide how to iterate on it. And the, the great thing about it is, you know, we got feedback really fast from customers. And one of the feedback that was really consistent is that people said, you know what, payroll is nice, but I also need to buy inventory and goods and services, and they pay for subscriptions, and they pay for rent, and they have to pay taxes. So can I use that for that? And so that's how kind of Flexway was born. We said, sure. We kind of, you know, took this lean POC, made it into an MVP that contained more use cases, and, and grew it over but, time. But so that decision specifically, so how, how what, what tilted your decision towards listening to, to these requests? Because obviously, you know, different customers have different needs and wants and, and differentiating between that and, and the actual use case of, of focusing on what the product will do. What, what was it that convinced you that this is, you know, the right direction for the product to make it a little bit more generic for, for different use cases? Yeah, I think it's a really good question. I think qualitative feedback is great. It's really important, especially for a POC to really help drive and shape the product. But we on decision-making, like, just like we're customer-centric on success, we're 100% data-driven, right? So the data was unquestionable, right? Ever since we launched it, we've seen pretty consistent order-over-order growth of over 80% in payment transaction volume. And we've seen the average customer um, use the product over five times a month, right? That's more than our core products. Um, that's almost, that's consumer level usage, right? That's not business usage. And so the use case was huge. For, for a product manager, just to put it in perspective, this kind of product market fit, this kind of stickiness, it is kind of like a product wet tree, right? So it, you can't just let it go by. You have to, sure. okay, there's something here. And, and one of the, the, the other interesting learnings was that FlexPay is just one use case, but it actually helped us understand the need and ideate for additional buy now, pay later products, one of which we're, we're working on right now. Interesting. So, so what did you learn since rolling out FlexPay? Why, what, what surprised you maybe about consumer behavior or about the needs of, of small businesses and payments that, that you didn't know before? Or, or, what, or what did it validate? Um, I think one of the, the things that kind of surprised me, um, first of all, like I mentioned, the, the usage, right? The usage rate was so high. Um, when we tried to assess that um, compared to, you know, what we think the, the revenue of the businesses and the amount of um, expenses that use FlexPay to fund, it, it, it was almost around 70 or 80% of their business expenses. So if our goal as a company is to be embedded within, you know, a small business workflows and help them do their operational daily workflows, I mean, that's, that's spot on, right? That's spot on validation that there's a use case behind it. Um, so that was the key learning. I was kind of surprised where, you know, we went out with this payroll and people said, you know, we have so many other use cases we can use it for. Um, can you please use it for this? And can you please use it for this? We're like, yes, yes, okay. 
uh, we'll do that. And then we realized this huge demand really? that's out there, digital payments and the B2B space. And B2C, almost everyone today, or at least the big ones, offer some kind of digital payments. In B2B, it's around 60% of, of you know businesses offer it. So this is a huge untapped market, a huge opportunity. You have uh, over 30 million small businesses in the US today, and they employ about 50% of the US workforce. And they're such a huge driver of the US GDP, yet this, this huge market is yet to be cracked. It's untapped. Um, so all these businesses, well, not all, but most, don't have a convenient digital payment solution yet. And, and I think that's, that's both the challenge and, and the opportunity. Right. I think it's, I think it's easy to forget that when we have uh, players entering the field, uh, it, it may create a perception that sort of the market has adopted it and, and that we're past that stage, but we forget that there's a, there's a very long tail that, that doesn't have it yet. And obviously 60% is, is a very long tail. And Hani, uh, thank you very, very much for being here. I, I really appreciate the time and talking about uh, payment solutions okay. and the different trends of consumer behavior uh, throughout recent history and then how you're implementing this within Funbox. Uh, with Flex, but I think it was a. Uh, it's it's very interesting to see it from from your perspective and and how you reach those convictions yourself over time. And so, thank you very much. Uh, best of luck with Flex. Grant. Thank Bucks. you. Thank you. I had a lot of fun. Invite me again. I have a lot to say. Thank you, honey.